Wish I didn't have to work today because a breakfast beer is sounding really good right now. the uh breakfast themed fuck mary kill would you rather fuck mary kill pancakes waffles or french toast i don't know the i know tricky one. the battle That's... of the breakfast foods <laughs> the battle, battle of, of the, the bre breakfast foods well let's think okay so cake and waffles cake well no they're well pancakes are like cake i guess yep and then it's, it's in the name but isn't a waffle and a pancake just the same thing? One smushed. Yeah, one's just got a syrup trap in it. Or do you have, or, or are they Belgian waffles? <laughs> well, and and if you do it right, you've got like a little golden crisp to it. That's true. Yeah, I think they were pretty much the same batter. It's just one has little like syrup traps and it's crispier. I don't know. I mean, so okay, so French toast is kind of cakey too. So between those two, I feel like I should able to get rid of one of them but i just imagine them both sticky and sweet with syrup and butter yep. <laughs> but I mean, if that's your thing so I mean, you're like eat. you know it's all gravy for you but it has to be your thing first <laughs> who's preparing these well that's <laughs> that, 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 that raises the question is it like <laughs> are you are you fucking the concept of it or are you actually literally fucking it <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning more towards the concept of like based upon your love of your affection for it because otherwise you're just yeah, everything you're kind of just yeah everything else you're kind of just rolling up and inserting or inserting yourself into I just I, I just imagine myself walking in the house and Julie just covered in French toast <laughs> what the fuck is going on here I want you to meet our new friends it's called French toast <laughs> Where, which direction are you going, Tanya? Well, you know, I don't know. So, like, Belgian waffles, that sounds kind of, you know, ethnic and kind of interesting and exotic. So that's a option. Kind of sexy and exotic. But I do have a thing for French people. Oui, oui. Ha, ha, ha. So I think I'll marry French toast. Because what... Like, I still win. When else do I have an opportunity to hear wee oui, wee oui, ha, ha. Um, While you fuck your food. <laughs> And then I think I think I'm gonna get rid of Belgian waffles because just I'm all about that cake. So I think I'm gonna fuck uh, pancakes there. <laughs> fuck old pancakes yeah. and kill the old waffles. Yeah, <laughs> get that crusty waffle out of here. Very American. I'm gonna go fuck the pancakes <laughs> like a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not a lumberjack, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think I'm gonna have to not kill the the Belgian waffles though, because there's this place we used to ski at in New England. You would go up the run, you'd freeze your ass off on the chairlift, ride your snowboard down the hill, and then at the bottom of the hill they had like a waffle shack. Mm-hmm. So while you rode the chairlift over the waffle shack, you were all mmm Belgian waffles, and then you came down and you were like freezing, so you went and you grabbed one of these hot steaming Belgian waffles. So I'm gonna have to fuck the Belgian waffle because. That just sounds amazing. Hot <laughs> it just—it's so alluring. You just want a hot, steamy fuck on this off the chairlift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, French toast and pancakes. I do like French toast. However, it's a lot of work. Yep. And I don't know if I want a lot of work. And <laughs> I myself am white French bread, so I think I'm gonna have to marry the pancake yeah. <laughs> and kill French toast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going. But I want some sausage in there, too. <laughs> Get it all covered in that sweet, sweet syrup. Yeah. How about you, sir? I think I would marry waffles because I'd like the crusty corners. And to crusty corners. I think I'd fuck pancakes. Yeah, I'd fuck pancakes because they're one of those, like, you, you at the beginning, you're really into it. And you're like, oh, man, these are so fucking good. But by the end, you're just like, you're sick of it. You're like, fuck, I hate pancakes. Like, why am I eating all these pancakes? Too many fucking pancakes. <laughs> and then kill French toast because, like you said, it's way too much fucking work. Like making those a couple of times, I'm always like, it's a lot of work, you know, man. it's 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 for somebody I really care about the next day, and I want to make them a nice breakfast. But I ain't making that shit for myself. <laughs> right. <Ooh>. right? <laughs> that's the impressed breakfast, not the I'm doing this myself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the post post coitus breakfast. That was some awesome sex. Have some French toast. Well, but if it's a if it's a rough night, I'm just gonna Lego my ego. Yeah, <laughs> I got freezer waffles. Oh awesome. my god. Nope. Today's sponsor is Aunt Jemima. <laughs> she says, "Bitch, get off my waffle." It is a very it is a very curvy uh, syrup bottle. Ah! Right. <laughs> She's luscious. <laughs> Voluptuous. Well, so much for not making the ladies feel bad about themselves. We managed to squeeze Aunt Jemima in there. <laughs> hey, that, that's, but that's what you do with Aunt Jemima. You give her a squeeze. <laughs> oh, right up in there. <laughs> wow, that raises a whole new level of weird sexual tension with that syrup bottle. <laughs> so that okay, was awkward. <laughs> okay. Enough about fucking food. <laughs> Let's put the brakes on before it gets all nine and a half weeks up in here. Oh, no. (laughs) Science! Yeah, I think it was science. One thing I was reading yesterday 
I know there's an AI that they were working on to uh, beat people at video games. And basically, instead of like the going through the hard process of teaching the AI how to like, you know, okay, if this happens, do X. If this happens, do Y kind of thing. Instead of going mm-hmm. through, because that's a very labor-intensive process, they decided to do mm-hmm. a, a AI that learns, essentially. Like, it'll try something. If it doesn't work, it knows not to try that tactic anymore. So basically, it, like, it played this game called uh, Defense of the Ancients 2. It's a really popular team-based combat game on uh, Steam and PC. Okay. So basically, they, they let it kind of just run through trial and error, and over, over the course of a couple thousand games, it finally figured out how to play the game well. And now it's apparently able to beat the top players, because uh, Defense of the Ancients, or Dota, as they call it, has uh, an international following where they actually have competitions where people get together and they have those big... I'm sure you see the videos every once in a while. All these, all these nerds gather at like an expo center and they have these giant competitions. <laughs> yeah. It's one of, it's one of those like big games. Wasn't Fred Savage in a movie like that once? Not sure. I think it was Fred Savage. They were doing like a video game battle in like the 90s or something. Okay. Maybe. I didn't realize how serious gaming was until they started the mall setups. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow people go, go into these black rooms and just like when they come out it's like they haven't seen sunlight in, like, yeah <laughs> well when i was growing up like <laughs> me and my friends stay here after the mall closes yeah <laughs> it's like what what, what is this what's, what's this on? outside world <laughs> this movie was called the wizard and it was with fred savage it came out in 1989 and, and that's is that one that yeah it's the one where he has like a little brother who's like really good at like the arcade video games yeah 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 I, I vaguely remember that growing up the ultimate video game championship I missed that one it wasn't great yeah I, I, I remember <laughs> yeah so I, I remember it not being great even at the time wow that's bad that's bad when you're a kid and you're like oh I don't and know I, yeah it was, it, was, it was like from 89 so it was the Hollywood's version of what video games are and I remember yeah, even being yeah. a kid being like wow this is pretty fucking dumb like hackers yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's hackers. still a great soundtrack, though. <laughs> but Christian Slater was in this movie as well, and the Power Glove. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the Power Glove was a neat thing. I knew a kid with a Power Glove. Yep, I had one. It was rad. Ugh, Those were cool. You had, you had all the cool toys, Tyler. Well, nerd from a young age. Man, I had no idea what I was missing out. Yeah, you weren't missing out much. We totally took your hijacked your story. <laughs> that was fun. Sorry, I got distracted with bad 80s movies. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, basically they've they've taught it and it began its training in March of this year. And by July, it had already reached semi-pro status. Damn. And in August, it's uh, now the best player in the world. So it, apparently it's, it's beaten out all the other like people who are top in that league. You know, Maybe you that's know- how we can get our next president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd just be just super pragmatic. Make it AI. Yeah. I'm totally down with that. <laughs> yeah, but well, anyways, that's whole... kind of creepy though. So like, it learns the behavior. It learns by mistakes. It learns by uh, how we learn. Like, you know, you do something, you fail. Like, okay, that didn't work. Well, now let's try this. The whole reason, Tyler, was he... in the corporate world, that is not how you learn. Everybody just knows. <laughs> no, you just keep making the same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, you'll succeed. That's how it works. That's um... that's kind of creepy though, because awesome. like, like what? I don't know. Like, I'm not a fan of the whole Alexa thing. Me neither. I don't know. Maybe I'm too, like, paranoid or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, what if it's listening to me? But on the flip side, that's what a marriage is for. Julie, go do this. Tanya, go do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have hands in Alexa. She ain't got no fucking hands, that bitch. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it time. <laughs> I'm right. It's going to be like Rosie from the Jetsons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, sir. Here I am, sir. Yes, 
eager. The old girl's still eager, isn't she? <laughs> but of course, very H O M E L Y. <laughs> it was just uh, to help raise awareness that AI is a powerful tool that can be used for good and evil. Like, we need to regulate it and be aware of what it's able, uh, capable of doing. But, like, um, that made me think of another article I read last week, and it was talking about in China, they started doing this experiment where, speaking of, like, practical uses for AI, people could come in, if they had some kind of ailment, there was an AI that well, was kind of like what a GP does, where he kind of, like, tries to figure out what, what it is and what tools they need to use. Oh, that's cool. Kind of like, you know, just a quick diagnostic kind of thing. There's an AI where you basically kind of go, it goes through a list, and you kind of list off what you have, and then it, you know, it, it kind of sorts out what, what tests need to be run, and then it passes you off to a real doctor. And they found that, like, its efficiency was, you know, lowered time, wait times by a bunch, accuracy went up because it was all just, you know, algorithms. So that's cool. So like you were saying with the president, like, you know, you know, having AI that's just pragmatic and does the thing that it needs to do without any other influence. Do you know what GDP is? Do you know <laughs> that Puerto yeah. Rico is part of the United States? <laughs> yeah. So this was a medical thing? Yeah, it was a, it was a test the Chinese were doing. I'll see if I can find the article. That's pretty cool. But it was a test they were doing at a uh, like a test hospital to see how that it is my biggest complaint about the medical industry in the United States specifically is that with all of our data collection programs software that's out there obviously everything is headed in that direction everybody knows that that's the way that it is because that's why we were a paper system prior i for the life of me cannot comprehend why my all of my medical information about me isn't transparent no matter where i go to well, yeah, because like they're they'll keep it in like, oh, well, we're the PAMF doctors, so all all of your information's over here. Oh, you went to Dominican, we can't get that into our system. It's like it's so you end it's up me. like it, you, it, you end up the doing Chinese know everything about me at this point. They've stolen my social uh, security, but we can't keep my blood <laughs> records from one hospital to another. <laughs> yeah, it it causes redundancies. It's a complete waste. I mean, financially, if everybody's really concerned about the bottom dollar. It's a real bizarre thing. The, the idea that like your allergic reactions to medications isn't something that's transparent everywhere yeah. you go. I mean, it just is really well, bizarre. Well, pretty soon they'll just scan our retina and then we'll pop up in a machine and they'll be like, this is everything about you. <laughs> yeah. We need to have a s single payer. That would... And that's what I get glass yeah, right? eyes. That's what, right. Yeah, we need to have a good health insurance system first and then... Uh... Yeah, but there's too much money to be made off of us. Right. <laughs> What's interesting about the AI... It would be almost that you could use that in, you know, remote locations where they can't mm. get oh, yeah. medical people in that area. So if you could have someone who, you know, was a basic practicing doctor or you whatever, could they could have that. Facility. They would have that for figuring out what they couldn't figure out. That would be pretty sweet, really. Give them that opportunity. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Fingers crossed that becomes more of a thing. Right. But I already suck at like the computer generated video game and I lose like almost every time. So I don't <laughs> think I need a harder one. <laughs> I don't need to feel worse about myself. Right. I can handle Dr. Mario and Tetris, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need right there. Ooh, ooh, an exact bike. <laughs> remember that one? Nice, yeah. I just remember making, like, all my own levels, and it was just nothing but, like, the highest ramps possible. Right, it was just the same ramp over and over. You were like, bee, bee, bee. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what I did, And yet, too. endlessly satisfying. <laughs> right? We are like, this is amazing. So I found a meme the other day that gave the 
bar tally for George Washington's final day as president. Mm -hmm. His peace out party. (laughs) And it opened up Pandora's box into all kinds of other things. The bar tab at a 1787 farewell party for George Washington is still intact. According to the bill, the founding fathers drank 54 bottles of Madeira. Is that right? Am I pronouncing that right? M-A-D-E-I-R-A? Yeah, sounds right. 60 bottles of Claret, C-L-A-R-E-T. Anybody know what these things are? Nope. <laughs> I've never. These are these are old-timey drinks. I'm assuming it's not water. or <laughs> It's probably like champagne or something. Eight bottles of whiskey. I know what that is. Yep. 22 bottles of porter. I know what that is, too. Obviously, we know what class I would have been. Um, <laughs> eight, eight bottles of hard cider. Hold on. Claret mm-hmm. is red wine from Bordeaux. Ooh, nice. It's a deep purplish red wine. And and the Madeira is a fortified wine from the Madeira Islands off the coast of Africa. Oh. So there's a lot of wine, beer and wine drinking going on. Swanky party. Eight bottles of hard cider, 12 of beer. That's what it says. 12 of beer. This says uh, old stock (laughs) on this other article. And seven bowls of alcoholic punch. (laughs) So, you know, that was just rock gut. It was like hurricane punch, like the original version. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Where do you get that recipe? (laughs) It's just turpentine. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Oh, and there were only 55 attendees. Wow. That is amazing. So they were fucking loaded. They were trashed. I I I'm I promise you I was a former politician. I feel confident about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was interesting about that? So we were like, "Is this real?" And we went, you know, down the line of a couple articles to, you know, really figure out whether or not was this just one of those fake memes or. <laughs> <laughs> so it opened up this Pandora's box. It come to find out, it is an actual thing. And oh. one of the other things that came up is we were kind of just like, oh, okay, well, I don't think I knew anything about George Washington. He, he had wooden teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but come to find out, that's that's not even true. It says that uh, Washington lost his first tooth in his 20s. And by mm-hmm. the time he was in his 50s, he had lost all of his teeth. His dentures were not made of wood. They were actually made of a variety of other materials, including ivory, tin, copper, silver, and human cow, along with horse teeth. Huh. So not only was this guy drunk, but chances are some of this shit was leaching into him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting some kind of like heavy metal poisonings. <laughs> yeah. He probably only put his teeth in when he had to go out on a date or something. <laughs> he probably didn't wear them on the regular. Well, I want to be intimidating today, so I'll wear my metal teeth and clank right. at people. Clank, 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 clank. Yeah, you're not a strong man if you don't have hair and teeth. I bet those bad boys were in his mouth all the time. Here, I just said... Yep. Tyler, I sent you the link so you can see how hideous these teeth are. I would not. You couldn't pay Actually, me to put I them. Actually, I think they're. I think they're impressive. I, I. That's impressive. You couldn't pay me to put those in my mouth. Well, they look that bad because <laughs> I mean, think of how old they are, and think of how yeah. good everybody else's teeth were around you. So you wanted to aesthetically look like you were at least to par with Joe Blow from Windy City over there. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be like just. Give me that horse's rack. I'll just put them on. It looks like it looks like uh... <laughs> like some fucking chiclets. 
Julie, yeah. count for us. <laughs> it's a. Uh, they look like a fucking Jaws's teeth from um, <laughs> like James Bond. <laughs> Jaws like I don't know. Those aren't great. Those are those are pretty brutal. Happy to see that uh, <laughs> you know the dentistry industry has come a, come a long way. Right, right. Well, I agree, but like the artist in me is like that is that is damn impressive. It is Those... pretty impressive. Yeah. What's interesting though is that the rumor is that his teeth were made out of wood, but it's because of all that copper. Well, no, but all the materials listed, you know, the ivory, tin, copper, silver, human, cow, and horse teeth. There's no wood in there. So, like, how yeah. did anybody come up with wood based off of what they were actually made of? They're brown. It's just a very old version of telephone. You know, someone said one thing, next person said another. <laughs> I mean, you may be onto something. Right? <laughs> his, his teeth are made of poop. <laughs> what is that, cord? No, that's George Washington's teeth. <laughs> Petrified poop. What was interesting, too was the, the one article that we found also said, like, there's this teacher, basically, who nobody believed him ab- about, the about the bar tab. And so a couple years ago published, like, the actual notations from the bar tab. Uh-huh. And, like, it was... My favorite part about it is because you you're, you're really have to heavily scrutinize those things when you when you get to that level of archive. And they made it a point to illustrate that there, that there was a lot of spelling errors. So from that aspect, you know, there, it hints or suggests that maybe there could be an error in the math. But I doubt it because when you're collecting your money, you get that right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it says that so that bar tab in 1780 equaled 89 pounds, which is equal to 9,693 pounds in 2012, which... A pound to dollar ratio is it's like twice as much, right? Yeah. You, uh, they were like, I'm rich, bitch. Yep. Yeah, they definitely didn't come from poor backgrounds. I get better, better medical than you. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, so they definitely didn't come from poor backgrounds. It was $89 in 1780, which equals, or 89 pounds, sorry, in 1780, which is 9,693 pounds in 2012, which translates into 12,373 American dollars. So that's how much the farewell party for the port was. <laughs> he was like, Pippin! <laughs> Fuck it! That is awesome. But I mean, that really says a lot. That means that, that out of the eight presidents that were elected before you, you are the best. So much so, we are going to call you the first president of the United States. <laughs> I also saw that he never graduated or never went to college. And uh, there was something else weird that I had no idea about either. He was a natural intellectual. Yeah, that's for sure. And he was one of the biggest presidents. He was six foot two and 200 pounds. Jeez. That's a big guy. Yeah. That's a lumberjack. He was like, bring it back to pancakes. I'm drunk. Who do you think? I'm getting the tall stack. Who do you think he's fucking? <laughs> so that big giant uh, photo at the museum is just to size. He's not, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like an over glorified painting that they've done. In the lower right corner says actual size. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time we thought it was just opulent. Yeah. <laughs> so the moral of this story is fuck it get shit faced on the yeah i mean i I think the moral of this story is this country is founded on perseverance and alcohol because (laughs) (laughs) it's the american way america fuck yeah
<laughs> that would have been a fun party because you know there was a lot of wenches yep. there <laughs> and the clean kind from the sounds of it <laughs> right only the finest <laughs> i want some five star girls up in here <laughs> that's where they start you start off clean and and presidential status and then the more you get worked and when you start picking up diseases that's when you get pushed out to the get, lower end yeah. it's, a, it's a slippery slope to wild hedonism <laughs> it's a slippery slope to one and a half stars <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine could you imagine if there was like a yelp star rating system for like prostitution yeah. oh God. <laughs> pro how pro is she <laughs> could you imagine reading the comments i don't know this one has dysentery and <laughs> i do not recommend her her sister on the other hand this wench doth reek with thrush <laughs> i don't know i take dysentery over syphilis <laughs> i don't know please man. pass the pus That's- Mm. In other news, <laughs> <laughs> moving and right not along. so disgusting news. <laughs> Back to pancakes. <laughs> I was reading an article on NPR the other day. They actually had a little video snippet, mm. or not a video, an audio snippet. This Sorry. is awesome. There is a video store in portland it's called movie madness and they just became a non-profit store to save themselves it was one of the largest video stores in the states and it had eighty-four thousand films they're arranged by country directors actor genre and you know it like broke down to more and more specifics so it was easy to find a catalog because there's so much information at that point yeah The guy was getting ready to retire. He opened in 1991 with only 2,000 VHS tapes. I guess he worked in Hollywood himself. He had a passion for movies, so he went and he opened this. And when he opened this store, there was 50 other stores, 50 other movie stores in the Portland area. I think now they said there was two. (laughs) And he was was one of them. And, you know, they used to have one blockbuster in Hollywood video were out. That was like real competition. But all those places have pretty much gone to the wayside. So he spent all these years amassing this huge collection of movies and memorabilia. And so he was 71 and he wanted to retire, but he didn't want to just like sell all these things on eBay and just watch it disappear and, you know, essentially turn into nothing. I guess there's another film place in Seattle called Scarecrow Video, and they mm. actually had a, a group of their employees formed a nonprofit and raised $100,000 to take over the store from its owner in 2014. So oh, wow. this store in Portland, Movie Madness, contacted them and was like, you know, how did you essentially become a nonprofit? What's going, what are the steps that you took? And they suggested that they opened a Kickstarter mm. and their Kickstarter raised $170,000 in two days oh, for this to transfer over this video store. So they, they're, you know, now they're a nonprofit store and people will come far distance to get to Portland to rent all these movies. And with 84,000 titles, like you can find like every genre. And what was interesting though was both tvs and movies on netflix amazon and hulu 
only totaled 37,638 titles, which is less mm. less than half of what this movie Madness Place owns. So That's crazy. this place is like the shit, man. <laughs> Julie yeah. brought up a great point. She was like, I feel like every time I go through Netflix, I don't feel like there's shit to fucking watch. And I'm like, well, yeah. there's the reason why. Well, it's, <laughs> yep. it's interesting because I'm like, I know I'm not looking at 30,000 titles, but there's nothing there that's like appealing, you know, unless yeah. it's a brand new movie that you haven't seen yet. But I thought that was interesting because you're under the misconception that all content is digital now. But this clearly shows that that is not the case. Scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very, it's in the right community. Like if something like that were around here, I don't know how well it'd do. Like Portland, Seattle, those are very young hipster towns and hipsters love their retro stuff. And a lot of them like us grew up in the 80s going to Blockbuster, going to those mom and pop video rentals. So it's a nostalgia kick. And that's the thing everybody's playing off right now. I mean, even like, I like Stranger Things, but that is like totally just trying to redo the 80s nostalgia. Right. Yeah, I agree. But 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 it's the one TV show that got it right. I think that's the why it stands out. Have you guys seen their packaging for their dvd release no Uh, i sent you guys the vhs or not the vhs the dvd yeah Yeah, but it totally looks like a vhs it totally looks like an old beat up vhs tape oh how funny From an archival standpoint, I find it really interesting. When when we lived in Houston, we kind of avoided the blockbusters and things like that. We we like to go to the the mom and pop places, but it's really crazy to to, to learn that so much of that isn't digital. That the industry is so top heavy and so focused on other things that you know there's a potential for this to be lost. So it's, it's neat, yeah. totally. But it's you know I saw a lot of great student films. That place had so many student films. They were amazing. Like to this day, they stand out in my mind. And I think, oh, I'd love to share that with somebody what was interesting too when i lived in the hollywood area there was rumors of this big giant video store and this was in 98 and the place was called uh video archives and it was actually in uh, manhattan beach it was where quentin tarantino worked Mm. from what i read the story goes that he was always in there doing research you know because when you have this mass amount of movie library well he was an admitted movie nerd this was heaven to him this is a a pig and shit this was like oh my god it cannot get any better than this unless i make movies well i guess the owner of the of video archives was like hey do you want to work here and i guess he was kind of at the point where he was like I don't think I want to make movies. This isn't going to work. Like, this is too crazy. I'm, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's not going to happen. So he went, he took the job there and he said it was like the best three years of his life because he was able to like refocus and, and kind of get back into it because he was just in such a blah state about of it. Yeah. He was able to get back to the roots of filmmaking and why they're fun and why they're needed. The idea concerns the fact that this country wants nostalgia. They want to go back as far as they can, even if it's only as far as last week. Not to face now or tomorrow, but to face backwards. And yesterday was the day of our cinema heroes riding to the rescue at the last possible moment. The day of the man in the white hat or the man on the white horse. Or the man who always came to save America at the last moment. Someone always came to save America at the last moment, especially in B-movies. Yeah. Like I thought I thought that was interesting and then 
I found out that in 2010, Quentin Tarantino actually saved the LA theater. Uh, sorry, it's called the New Beverly Cinema. Uh-huh. And it had been in the same family since 1978. And they were showing 35 millimeter films on, you know, on the projection screen. And Quentin Tarantino was always screening 35 millimeter films like he, but he would do it in his own house. And if he wasn't doing it in his house, he would go to this theater and he got word that this theater, the owner was struggling. So he contacted the owner and he was like, you know, how much would you need a month to keep your theater going? And the guy was like, you know, it really, it's just about 5,000 bucks a month that we would need to be okay. And so he started paying the theater 5,000 bucks a month. You know, and he just kind of considered it a contribution to the cinema. And you know, it was no, that's rad. Kind of well, like to well, help get him out. this. No good deed goes unpunished. Listen to this shit. So then the damn dude fucking dies, <laughs> like the father of the family. Oh. So and then they were renting the place, like they didn't own the place. So uh-huh. as soon as the landlord got word that the father had had passed, he essentially put the property out on the market Uh. and they found his original lease that they had signed and it said that Mm. they have the right to refuse the first offer based on whatever jargon it was but so they i guess a super cuts or some shit was supposed to go in there (laughs) so the guys that passed away his wife ended up calling quentin and was like hey you know this is what's going on i don't know what to do like they're here they are grieving and then they're like we're gonna lose this family business that's been with us since 78 and this is totally sucks that we have to deal with how we're going to protect this future so they contacted quentin and then he ended up putting in an offer to purchase the building uh-huh. and then it, they were like oh quentin tarantino is going to pay for it well we're gonna like screw him over because we know that guy got money right so yeah. <laughs> What was interesting was they really didn't have the desire and all they were doing was upping their rent and it was up to a point where the family couldn't afford it, but Supercuts could come in and, you know, wipe out that amount of history and then then yeah. they got in contact with quentin because they were like you know we're really trying to preserve keep this, this alive the culture yeah then once once it it wasn't until his initial offer came in that it became a bit of a hassle so then they went back and forth for quite a while and actually a non-disclosure agreement was signed at, at the purchase so quentin owns that theater now the family mm. still runs it he it's just like his thing and then he'll kind of suggest some marketing things here yeah. and there and suggest some titles to watch and whatnot it, it's cool too because because he bought it they were able to do like all sorts of upgrades kind of modernize it yeah so it kind of revamped it which is really cool because i mean some of these theaters are horrible oh yeah and it's and it's it's cool too because you're seeing like these crazy old 35 millimeter films like not your digital flick that's been produced in like a short period of time (laughs) or whatnot not that those aren't good because some of them are but it's cool that between this this video store and this this theater that the original purpose and idea of vast amounts of movie content is available is pretty sweet yeah makes you want to go there right i know i'm like now i got two places one of the cool things (laughs) about quentin tarantino he's he's getting kind of all tornadoed into this uh weinstein thing and as much as i hate to admit it rightfully so uh all his movies were uh, you know weinstein really took quentin tarantino under his wing and and financed him greatly but he did come out and did a really good article with was it the new york times or new york magazine and was very candid about when you're the middleman in, in in progression of time under somebody with such power and mm. how it blinds you and helps make you 
make poor perpetuate per, per, make you make poor decisions yeah and by no stance is he saying you know in that article that he was a victim or, or or what have you but you know i think it's really important for everybody to sit back and and admit that you know to a certain degree we're all victims or can be in this or you know in their situations that yeah. you know, they were Well, and he came out and said, well, because he didn't say, well, because I have children. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have daughters. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, apparently that's the only way a dude can relate or something. I don't don't believe that. I don't believe that either because it doesn't seem to stop most people. Oh, no. Well, they, they just use it as a crutch. Yeah. As an excuse to, like, make, try to justify their actions in, in hindsight now that they're getting called out on it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's a power-hungry industry, and if you don't have the most power, then even if he wanted to do something, I don't think he could have done anything. No, and I yeah. think a lot of times that's what ends up happening in politics or in the corporate world or whatever. Sometimes it's best to kind of just lay under the radar and wait wait for that moment or at least be alert for when that moment comes for change and yeah. you know there's definitely a great change going on and and i for one am pretty stoked about it but yeah. on the... i mean it's been open secret in the industry for such a long time yeah. and it's nice to see they're actually starting to hold people accountable and calling this out and saying hey this is fucked up yeah like, yeah, we're we're all we're all we're all aware of that it's happening and it's and it's still continuing on. I'm not even a, a huge Rose McGowan fan, and I remember very distinctively her aesthetic just changing, like yeah, her just her changing. It was very abrupt, and you know this is not a huge Hollywood elite girl, and it didn't go unnoticed for for me and now knowing everything that i know i think well fuck no no kidding yeah well i just well, recently like, um... saw a jawbreaker so. <laughs> <laughs> well it's like even you know you guys know who terry cruz is i don't know he's a he's an actor he's a he's a huge black guy he's the old spice guy right <laughs> old spice body spray will make you feel so powerful to blow your mind right in front of your face goodbye oh no He's the black guy. Yeah, I know. He was the first yeah. guy to come out and s- s- go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, like, anyways, uh, he came out and said, you know, he, even he's a victim of it. If someone as big and as intimidating as Terry Crews can, you know, be sexually harassed and assaulted by these executives and whatnot, it's, you know, I can't, I can't imagine how much worse it is for women. Yeah, like, that's power. Yeah. You, know. That's, you know what that says? That yeah. is power. Yeah. It's and he, that's what he said. He said, he's like, he, he was about ready to turn around and deck this person. Then he saw who he was and he had the whole back. Oh, shit. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's the he's the old spice guy. That's how I know him. <laughs> yeah. He's he's but a you know, he's actually, actually a really cool guy like outside of uh his acting, like really socially active and conscious. I think he was on uh let me check. He was on Idiocracy. He was the president. Oh, that's right. I didn't recognize him without his Goldilocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that ain't all. I give you my word. <laughs> 
It's the dust on the street. <laughs> give you my word. He's gonna be that comedy. He's so smart. He's gonna do it all in one week. He was on the Unqualified podcast with Anna Ferris. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in episode number 72 of unqualified and what was interesting was like i i was like who is this guy like i recognized his voice but you know you're listening to a podcast so you're like i don't know who the fuck his is he? face <laughs> like so yeah. you google it and you're like oh it's the old spice guy but um i would say that he had one of the best interviews on her show that i've heard and like i didn't I mean, it's not that I didn't respect him. I just didn't know who he was. But I have, like, so much respect for this guy because his interview on that episode was just so amazing. And he's just such a really sweet, kind-hearted person. But you wouldn't think so because he's so huge and, like, you know, intimidating with that voice. But he's a goof and he's a really sweet guy. If you have time, I'd definitely check that episode out. Yeah, he's he's on um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm I'm definitely going to have to download that. It's a good good episode. crazy. We got anything else, kids? I like to know why Blockbuster Video had to cut my hair when I worked there for a drug test. Blockbuster Video, wow, what a difference! That sounds creepy. Is that legal? I don't think they do it anymore. I don't. I don't think it's very accurate. Did you ever have to do that? When I when I got to the job. I had to do a mouth swab Ooh. like and I did it right then and there like that, that when I went in for that interview no and that prep. day I had <laughs> yeah they're like, well, it's funny because like I, yeah, I did an interview and they're like oh hey you know can you wait around the store manager would like the interview and I'm like oh okay, sure like and then so I interviewed the store manager and the store manager's like okay well if you'd like to take a drug test right now we can get your paperwork going and I was like oh okay so like you know you have to sit there and like swab your mouth and completely coat this plastic bit that does the test for them yeah but I've never That's had to do a hair I've done urine, but not not hair before. Yeah, urine I've done, but the hair, yeah, I was like, I just remember going, what? Well, this says, okay, I Googled it, hair drug test, facts, and myths. How far back does it go? It says urine test is seven days, head hair is 90 days, and body hair is 90 plus days. Can we have some of your pubes? <laughs> just, just reach down there and yank just, them out. Just shake a few off in a cup <laughs> right, in a petri right. dish. <laughs> Put uh-uh. this in this it's like voodoo. I need a yep. couple pubes, a couple teeth, and some fingernail clippings. And now you have teeth. Yep. Uh, it says, why why a hair test? Because it was nearly impossible to cheat. This is for marijuana. It was nearly impossible to cheat. It goes back as 90 days. There's like no special shampoo to beat it. And secondhand smoke does not have a positive effect. So okay. that's how, that's why they were like, well, you can't work at a video store and be a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't know a video store person there who wasn't yeah. stoned. I mean, like I thought right? that was part of the job. I thought well, I was prepared. Well, it says that uh, a urine test can pick up single use where a hair test looks for multiple uses over time. So I guess maybe they were trying to see if you were more of like a one and done kind of person or a chronic addict. <laughs> yeah. I just told them flat out. I was like, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, I was just like, doesn't every, like what's going on? I thought it was in the twilight zone. You know, speaking of working in the twilight zone, I worked with a the guy I worked with who was the assistant manager there. He was a, he was a commercial actor and that guy was a, weird fucking guy oh my god that guy was weird holy shit he like was super square and super coiffed and like very symmetrical and he was really fit but boy he was just a scotch off you could just <laughs> <laughs> that boy ain't right 
wasn't Blockbuster owned by like a religious group or something? I'm not sure. But it says that this this uh, article says the internet didn't kill Blockbuster. The company did it to itself. Oh yeah, their prices yeah. were ridiculous. It was ridiculous what it cost to rent a fucking movie at Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah, all about that bottom line. But I was trying to see if they were owned by somebody, but it just sounds like they were weirdos. Yeah, it just sounds like they had bad business practice. Yeah, I think they did one of those things that a lot of businesses fall fall in the trap of doing is they expand too quickly and spread themselves too thin. It's like what Borders Books and Music did. Like when I was working mm-hmm. for them back in the day, they were just they were expanding, they were expanding, expanding, and they just spread themselves too thin, and then they went belly up because they exploded. Yeah. yeah. This does actually say um, Blockbuster Church Partner Griffin First Assembly of God. Oh, yeah. Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. Okay. So Makes it sense. Was a Christian company, so that's probably why they were adamant about drug testing a christian company that was renting foul movies hey man for profit jesus loves peen i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how much he loves peen but definitely yeah. ass and titties you can find ass and titties in almost every movie but not a lot of peen no. it's, it's okay for a woman to bear her breast but the moment you see a penis nope it's gone too far you're like Peter. Sarah Silverman has a new show show on Hulu called I Love You America and it mm-hmm. was like the the first episode she was like we're going to touch on situations that make people uncomfortable and here are two naked people and then they were like let's show his wiener. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> we're eating and we're all like oh no no no. Yep. <laughs> That's really funny though. It's a good show. I was watching uh, that movie Captain Fantastic uh, the other day and you know it's Viggo Mortensen and then like, there's a scene where he's like standing in like in an RV, you know, eating his breakfast at like the door just full on naked and like people are walking by like staring at him and he's like what is a penis <laughs> it's just like well how many times am i gonna see vigo mortensen's penises in movies these days like it seems like everything he shows up in it's, it's, it was pretty movie. good yeah not for I the liked penis it. but <laughs> no see it for the penis that's that's see my new segment see it for the penis <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to this week's it's On Seed for, for the Penis. <laughs> yes. We got a new oh, segment, guys. Oh, God. That is amazing. Oh. It would be like Wayne's World Top 10, but instead Tyler's See It for the Penis Top 10. <laughs> Penises I've seen this month. Uh, I, 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 I give it 10 sausage kolaches. <laughs> I give it five eggplant emojis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is disgusting. Who, need, who needs two uh, thumbs up when you got five eggplant emojis? <laughs> they barely fit on the nope. screen. Oh, man. Shit. Okay. <laughs> what was the other thing that you had going on, Tyler? Um, oh, what the fuck was it? Okay. Um, oh, it was just a quick thing about in uh, Puerto Rico, because you know they're still fucking, you know, everything's crap I'm with destitute. them right now. Fucked. Right. But uh, Google is bringing in, their, it's called Project Loon. And basically what it is, they've released 30 balloons that enable wi-fi and lg internet and cell phone basically they're floating cell phone towers and they're floating above that's cool that's because you know the infrastructure is not there so 
the, right. these uh, companies like AT&T and Google teamed up to uh, launch these balloons to help people in more hard hit areas to uh, be able to uh, communicate out. But I was, I was thinking, I was like, well, that's cool. They got internet, but they still don't have power. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. We got, you know, the internet's back, but we don't have any fucking power to charge our phones. That's <laughs> but, crazy. Yeah, they're worth they're working towards it. I did see that it says that solar innovations cut their costs by 60% while increasing its efficiency by 24%. So I feel like places like that are going to have to go that route because I would imagine it would be easier to get that infrastructure in place than it would yeah. be to like run towers and lines and, you know, because this is lower to the ground technology yeah. but they were saying that they found a way to split the cells so you can essentially get twice as many cells out of the same amount of material so that's oh, lowering nice. the cost of it yeah and it's it says they might be able to cut the production by 60 percent while increasing its efficiency of the panels to 24 percent. so like it's coming down by half and going up by a quarter so that's pretty Who's manufacturing these panels? Raython Solar. Okay. And it actually said that because of this, essentially, of course, our guy, Elon. Welcome to Ion Elon. Is uh, pioneering <laughs> the development of these household battery storage devices. Well, he's an the... opportunist in the, in the smartest way. He's Well, he's yeah, the... but because yeah. of his creation of this tesla power wall to house the storage of the solar panels it's kind of pushing everyone else you know just like he did with the electric car he's kind of pushing everyone else to make this investment as well to innovate yeah and they're saying that nissan and even ikea are coming up with their own versions of these power walls that's good so i thought that was pretty cool yep. yeah it seems like that's something that that's a great picture it looks like a painting right if we can float the internet we got to figure out i mean i don't even how do you even like rebuild after something like that like first off the government needs to do its job and blaming it on their government there when she's asked for federal help you know the thing with katrina in louisiana is that became such a shitstorm because of the ego of the government in that area well there was a huge race divide there too oh yeah yeah but the federal government can't come in and help you unless you say i this is now a disaster area we need your help because if not that's a conflict of, uh, of interest so in bush's defense he really got a bad rap for that because he followed all of the right legal ramifications it was this gentleman's ego that ended up fucking everybody over in that now puerto rico has come out and said we, need we do help. not have the ability to move forward we have roads that are not passable there's a lot that's why that's the biggest problem stuff is there they're not able to distrib distribute no. and they had national guards people there doing they need um drones they had, man. yeah they, they need the amazon, amazon drones, drones. <laughs> <laughs> but they they're not able to distribute everything. So, you know, I mean, it's really crazy because, you know, Chelsea Handler actually quit her show and donated a million dollars and said, where's your money at? Totally called out our government and is is going on a vigilante. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not profitable to help color people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Crazy. It's so fucked up. Our world is so yeah. fucked up. We got to get our shit yeah. together. We just all should just get but hit on the by plus media. side. It's creating conversation. The dis the the great thing about discourse is if if you're like an Elon Musk, you are an opportunist. you're an opportunist. You're like I got everybody's attention 
look at this. It's time to move. Well, that's kind of the cool thing, too, about Sarah Silverman's new show, I Love You, America, is she goes and she talks to these people. So she does create the conversation with, I think the first family was like fishermen from Louisiana or something like that, that she spoke with, and they all voted for Trump. And they were like so oblivious that the government was actually the one that's paying for their health insurance. And she's like, did I change their mind? No. But did we have a good conversation? Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you, you can create these conversations, but how how do you create the change? Because even if, because people are going to believe what they want to believe. Like they didn't believe that there was global warming and it's like, there's no proof out there that you have global warming. And she's like, uh... It's called Google. Like 97% (laughs) of scientists say that there is global warming. Yes, it's a natural phenomenon. However, man has totally accelerated this process beyond belief. So it's it's like it's crazy. Yeah, that's well confirmation bias. It's frustrating. Part of the part of the problem is is there's a significant brain drain. The other problem is there is a lack of appreciation for the fact that minimum wage is not a living wage. Yeah. And between the two, it has created such discourse and then just the psycho- psychology of marketing and how much money that goes into that. And it's it's decimating communities across middle America. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're they're desperate when you're hungry and your your life is in tip top. Yeah. You'll blame I, somebody. I mean, they all drank the Kool-Aid. Well, they, so. they just the, you know, they got exactly what they wanted. And that was to create the conversation. So in that respect, they want, you know, good. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I can't believe fucking yeah. Captain Douchebag's still in the office. Yeah. Quali- <laughs> what I meant to say is when your quality of life is clearly not on par with all of your coastal states, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of interviews with people in coal country, and you talk to some of the older people that are still alive, thank God, and they're like, you know, it's obvious that this change needs to happen, but you're taking away our livelihood. We have three generations in our family who are, that's all. this is all they know. It's what a nice, simple life. What they need to do is when they do these massive things, because coal's not coming back. No. no. Like, <laughs> but what they need to do is they need to, the government needs to subsidize these training programs and go to these coal countries. And make battery and teach them how to yeah yeah, make batteries or install solar panels like right we need to think of the future where we're like okay we're getting rid of your industry i mean we offer severance packages to people if you get rid of jobs right let us teach you let us help you enter this new yeah to move into this new realm of yeah technology otherwise we're all gonna fucking die (laughs) like it's for the the better of humankind to help that's not true that fat cockroach up there in office will still be alive with his fake Renoir and <laughs> he'll survive. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Again, there's no profit in that. That's the problem. There's no incentive yeah. to do the right thing. That sucks. Did you hear that? That he proclaims to have a Renoir? People do interviews. His wife has done an interview, has been photographed in front of this thing. And he tells people without a doubt that it is a real Renoir. It's a very famous painting. It's called The Two Sisters. We actually, actually just saw it in Chicago. Just saw it when we were in <laughs> oh, nice. Chicago. And it's been there since Lord only knows how long. And this guy is going on national television and is being photographed in front of this thing and, and presenting this as a real Renoir. Uh. <laughs> Captain Douchebag. Uh, yep. Wish I didn't have to work today because our breakfast beer is sounding really good right now. <laughs> <laughs>
Nice. Yep. Well, you should check out that show, though. It's pretty cool. And then I guess Chelsea Handler's actually going to come up with a sh- more of a documentary-based show on, on trying to make changes in the political system. And, oh, nice. Which is cool because, like, everybody's got so much respect for these people because they're funny, they're smart, and they're yeah. incredibly educated. Like, that's why I always feel like I wouldn't be a good comedian because I'm not that smart when it comes to a lot of things. <laughs> so I'm like, I can be funny, but for how long? <laughs> My knowledge is only so much. i got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to see that people that's the thing is like we're a culture that has too much respect and obsession with celebrity mm. that i think that it's good that weinstein 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 whatever how you pronounce his name i think that it's good that this has come out through hollywood because it came out through the political race and it didn't matter to anybody because yeah. nobody cared but it mattered when it hit passionate people well it yeah. mattered when it hit our celebrity when it hit the people we really truly admire and because we're a reality tv culture at this point the only way people are going to see things and make change is when it comes through Hollywood and it comes through our celebrities. So for these people, yeah, for Chelsea to be leaving her Mm -hmm. fun, easy gig to do something that she's passionate about, it's going to have a trickle-down effect on all these people who totally respect her. Well, it's what they should all do. Yeah, yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. Once you hit a point, it's time to move on. You should really, like, step out for public service. Yeah. And not everybody's geared towards that, but you can, you know, a lot of people do it because they still find a way to contribute. Yeah. Like Quentin Tarantino. He bought this yeah. theater. There's ways to do it. And I think the only way that us as a culture is going to change at this point is through our celebrity, which is kind of crazy. Even yeah. better yet, she's done this as a woman. It's yep. hard to get to the level that she's at. I know a lot of people have different opinions about how she initially got into this industry. But after that point, it's all been on her. And she has supported a lot of people along the way. And that's not an easy thing. I mean, Joan Rivers couldn't get a talk show to save her life. You know, I mean, most women can't. So for her to have the level of celebrity that she has and have had the, the different shows and been the head of them... And then to go, it's now time for me to refocus and regroup is yeah. is crazy because she's a pioneer in every way at, at that point. No, it's pretty cool. It's definitely a respect. Respect. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> respect. <laughs> respectable move to give back after all that's worked out for you. And well, celebrity is a needed. Go ahead. I was going to say, especially since, you know, it seems like the, the structures that we have put in place that are supposed to do that are not doing that. Right. right. <laughs> Celebrity is a great thing because it tells stories. It moves information along. It's when the celebrities abuse that, like our politicians, yeah. that it's become so haywire. But life is boring. You know, we need time. To, we need these things to pass time and learn. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of TriPace Pod. Look forward to hearing our voices in your ear holes once again at the beginning of next month. Don't forget to like and subscribe to TriPace Pod on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud because it stimulates dopamine production in our brains every time you do. You can creep on us from afar at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TriPace Pod. And of course, check out show notes, contact information, and buy merch at TriPacePod.com. And as always, you're awesome.
Recording. Can you guys hear the um the air purifier behind me? Yes, yes. I hear some here, kind of look, white I've noise. I've been sitting here wondering what is that. Let me go turn it up. Hold on. Hi, Dee Dee. Jesus Christ! I've been sitting here going, "What is that noise?" <laughs> it is I, my bum. <laughs> it is it is me bum <laughs> on constant whistle <laughs> it's just like a like cave or something you're just like constant hum <laughs> what were you watching uh the new south park it was called what was it hummels and and homies or something like uh-huh. that no hummels no, and yeah, heroin like it was hummels yeah. and heroin yeah the old folks were smuggling drugs out to like the population because they could just get them so readily available, right? Uh-huh. It was like the mafia was the old people at the old folks' home, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so people would have to smuggle Hummels in through their butt. So that's how they were paying for them because like Hummels were the highest currency that, you know, they couldn't get caught for, couldn't get in trouble. Yeah. So the person that had the most Hummels was like the kingpin, basically. But one of the things was like there was this old lady and she was the kingpin. She had all the Hummels. And every time she walked, all you heard was... <laughs> 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 and like it was like constant and farting like like it was just an open wind hole <laughs> <laughs> wow